Hello and welcome to episode number 253 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, good man, good. We are back with a really interesting movie to talk about this week. Um, a just movie like a that su- didn't even know existed. Yeah, like, yeah. I randomly saw this as like a Blu-ray listing, and I was like, okay, it's very unclear what this actually is, um, whether it is a new movie or not. But it is indeed a new movie, um, and a surprise sequel to one of our favorites we've ever covered on the show. Um, but we will Although get to all that. Good- apparently, not a very new movie, as it came out in two thousand and nineteen. <laughs> yeah we'll get to that um but yeah there there is a little bit of news first but not too much um but the first news story is awesome um and it's about uh, a little bit of vhs mm. um kind of you listeners will know a few weeks back i i did some digging of my own because this had pretty much gone off the radar um was announced to, so for people that don't know the fourth installment in the VHS franchise entitled VHS 94 um, was kind of announced last year out of nowhere um, to much happiness for me um, mm. because I love these films. And then we didn't hear anything for a very long time. Obviously, when they said it last year, we assumed it would come out in 2021. And I'm trying to remember when it was about a month or so ago, maybe two months ago, wasn't it? When I kind of had, had, had gathered you, some updates you, you, myself. You put out the call to get some information. <laughs> yeah, because there was just nothing. So I kind of contacted a lot of the people that I know behind this on Twitter, um, most notably kind of Brad and um, Simon. And yeah, got some good responses and kind of they were talking about that they were clearly in pre-production at mm. the time. Um, and cause, because it was literally they were talking about scripts still being finalized. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. I'm glad to hear this is still a thing but i said at the time there's no chance this is coming out this year um and then kind of out of nowhere in our inboxes was a wonderful surprise this week courtesy mm-hmm. of shudder um and it's that uh yeah shudder will produce the next installment um and that it's coming out this year which is yeah. very surprising um so yeah kind of the shudder original film will release north america united kingdom um later this year um as we said before it kind of well, marks so the return just, just say those words again it will release where <laughs> yes yes worldwide including <laughs> the united kingdom um which Thank is God. awesome um and yeah they, they they've got their shit together now i think in terms of their original stuff like they, well, they, they definitely they, have but i you know i'm not gonna ignore it because we no. waited a long time for this and and yeah we're finally getting day and date working nicely which is fantastic it's a it's another feather in their cap of what they've been building definitely um so yeah we kind of know the the five directors involved two people returning um simon barrett um as well as timo tagento um and then three newcomers obviously that's what the kind of franchise has always has always been about um, mm-hmm. um and so that is jennifer reader uh, ryan prose and chloe okono um so that'll kind of round out our three directors um obviously it has executive producers of david bruckner and radio silence um who of course kind of the big standouts from vhs one have now gone on to not only direct stuff like ready or not but next year's scream obviously david bruckner is doing hellraiser like these guys have got some of the biggest franchises ever um and they cut their teeth on vhs and that's what this is kind of all about and oh yeah we do have a very small um plot uh, synopsis as well um 
So it says in VHS 94, after the discovery of a mysterious VHS tape, a brutish police SWAT team launch a high intensity raid on a remote warehouse, only to discover a sinister cult compound whose collection of pre-recorded material uh, uncover a nightmarish conspiracy. Um, so yeah, that very much sounds like the wraparound for a VHS um, yep. film. Um, but yeah, great news on two fronts, really. Number one, Shudder, literally the perfect partner for a modern day VHS movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes me probably the most excited about it at all. Um, and then, of course, the fact that it's coming this year um, is great. Like, can this can this be their kind of Halloween, one of their Halloween delights, along with Creepshow? That would be awesome. Um so yeah, this is great news, I'm just, isn't it? I'm just happy that it's coming out this year. I don't, I don't mm. care when. Like, it's just, it's just crazy because yeah, we thought, you know, this is a project that we're super excited to, to see. We love this franchise and kind of, um, you know, it's been too long away from it really. And then you know to actually kind of get it, you know, a confirm that it's more of a tangible thing, more than just kind of this pre-production kind of not sure where it's at in the cycle. You know, I know that with these movies, funding can be tough and everything else. Um, but to know that Shudder was behind it, but then, yeah, to also know that, um, you know, they have got um, a release date for this year is yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, and I really hope it's good, like, because the first two VHS movies were incredible. They really mm. were. Like, if we were doing the podcast at the time, we, we wouldn't have said, you know, it would have been one of our most popular i guess things like we would have, we would have talked it up so much like we just love vhs yeah. the first two movies and viral was obviously a huge misstep at the time um it wasn't terrible like there was a, at least one segment in there that was decent but it was just such a huge drop off from the first two movies i think that we can all agree on and kind of it made sense to take a step back yeah. at the time because at the time i really wanted this to be an annual thing um and it kind of made sense to step away from it i didn't think it would take this long to be honest mm-hmm. um i thought it would be like maybe three years away um Mm. whereas it's been a while um but yeah this is the perfect time for this to come back i like that it's that mix of like oh there's a couple of people in there that i recognize but then also new people because i didn't Mm. know any of these people pretty much prior to vhs and then they all went on to have really good careers so yeah this is ticking all the boxes for me it just adds to the whole list of movies that i can't wait to see later this year um times it's nice to not just have the cinema horror to look forward to as well like it's lovely having like oh yeah shudder are gonna have these big releases that i'm equally as excited for mm-hmm. um but yeah and then moving on just two very brief news stories here regarding a couple of uh upcoming 4k releases um Ooh. this first one is is not officially confirmed but it's exciting enough that i had to talk about it and let's be honest when these things leak they're nine times out of ten correct um and so yeah coming later this year it is being reported by the website um hd movie source that currently has a lot of a pre-order list in for this mm-hmm. film that hasn't been announced yet <laughs> is a 4k ultra hd release of for the 25th anniversary of scream um yeah, okay. so of course this makes all of the of the sense in the world doesn't have mm-hmm. a 4k release it's celebrating that lovely anniversary and of course there is a, a little movie called five cream coming out next year so um this makes all the sense in the world um if it is true then we will just do a small little update because we haven't got any sort of special features or anything like that here all we all we know is that it's yeah. a a two disc set one 4k and one blu-ray um that's what i'm kind of 
want to find out. I want to know the features more than anything mm. else because as much as I want to see that movie in 4K, like I don't know whether that would be enough on its own. Like I'd like it. Really? You know, I, I thought you'd be getting this regardless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just that 4Ks are so expensive. Like I want it to be, a, a, you know, I've, we've spoilt with the 4Ks that we've had recently that mm. they are these crazy presentations. And even like after picking up the Lord of the Rings 4K, I, I have no regrets because it's the best thing I've ever seen. But I, I wish there were the features that I know exist mm. that, that are incredible. And I would have liked to have even paid more to have more discs with those features on. You oh, know, you'll get that one day. <laughs> I know, I know. I know how it works. Yeah, they're the kings of that. <laughs> they really are. But do you know what I mean? Like, And with this, it would just be awesome to kind of have, you know, some some really nice Wes stuff and, and you know, just, just kind of, you know, the, the build up to, to new screen movie kind of having, having kind of, you know some retrospective thoughts and commentary on on this you know classic movie would would be brilliant yeah i completely agree like you you expect the legacy stuff as a bare minimum mm. of like this needs to have everything that every previous release of scream has had on it literally as a bare minimum and then mm. yeah at least one kind of new look because it is the 25th anniversary you can't kind of put that on the cover and kind of sell it as that and not have any content relating to it being the 25th anniversary to have nev campbell talking about scream you know last year or this year you know i'm sure they could film it. just a quick q a like you say mm. with just the, the the core cast and then maybe even just have the directors of the new movies like the moderators and just as a quick little you know 45 yeah. minute sit down that would be great so yeah that's what i want um but yeah we will keep you updated on this one obviously when it becomes official but yeah these things don't just appear out of thin air um and then the next no. one not as exciting but it is official so that's why i want to put it in here it's just quite a funny one really because um it's it's the sequels for maniac cop um so obviously <laughs> like i want to put this in here because i watched maniac cop the arrow release a few years back and really liked it and then wanted to watch maniac cop two and three and they were like so hard to find like there was some really shitty dvds and it didn't look like there was anything that you could remotely call hd available to these movies um as well as being very hidden so i was like i i didn't watch them um but these have been fully detailed and announced this week. So, yeah, Maniac Cop 2 and 3 are both headed to 4K um, this Halloween. So, October 19th, um, courtesy of Blue Underground are behind this one, who I'm not overly familiar with. Um, so, I don't know if this is kind of like what regions or anything like that. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it looks decent. Like, there's a good good amount of extras on both of them. They're available separately. Um so yeah, this is one that I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like I like seeing these kind of the lesser known sequels get this sort mm. of treatment because I think it's easy to just always be like, yeah, you know, like Scream is a perfect example, I guess, even though it is a huge film. But like, you know, Scream Two, I want to, I want to, I would love to have that on 4K as well. So and, and they, yeah. they'll they will never get the love they deserve. Ultimately, horror sequels. Um, when you see uh, something like that, it makes you appreciate like the House Collection that, yes. that Arrow put out. That's just kind of yeah, like, like the Hellraiser one. Yeah, yeah. You know, people love the original movies, but having that House Collection and kind of watching all of those movies mm. in the you know and and the 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 goddamn Phantasm one like that is oh yeah, that's a that great one. Yeah, spectacular. Um, yeah, of know, course it's like an absolute nightmare in, in terms of licensing because it's hard yeah. enough to get these movies anyway let alone all the sequels but this is cool yeah, um definitely. 
and it like I say it fills that void like to me i like that checklist of like well we, we want to live in a world where every single horror movie has a sick at least hd release at this point um and so the more we get those ticked off the better because yeah there's so many movies that we go back on we've talked mm. time and time again of like we want to check out these certain movies like especially if you've watched obviously the the amazing um 80s documentary parts one and two and it was frustrating that at times you would look up certain movies and be like oh sick that's got an arrow blu-ray and then there'd be other movies i'd look up and it was just like here's this random dvd and it's like mm. no i'm i'm I, and again i've talked about it recently like i am such a snob for quality these days um so it makes me happy to see this even if i don't necessarily pick it up immediately um but yeah, that was it for the news this week. Shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about One Cut of the Dead in Hollywood. So yeah, this is a... Uh, a very much a surprise um just out of nowhere like i say i saw this the kind of blu-ray had released in the uk um courtesy of third window films who kind of did the lovely blu-ray release of the original one cut of the dead and we i had said to you like i saw this pop up and i was like i don't know what this is um because it was being sold as almost like the definitive edition of one cut of the dead um but what was strange to me was it felt like they'd already released that (laughs) because the original blu-ray was lovely blu-ray was fantastic yeah yeah it wasn't lacking was it um so this was very much like okay what is going on here and it was weird because they it doesn't even when you look on imdb it's a very small little paragraph that says like oh and there was a spin-off movie Mm. and i was like okay i don't really get why this isn't being talked about um because obviously one cut of the dead was just a real like phenomenon in certain horror circles at the time um like we had seen it a lot later than i thought because i thought we saw this back in like 2017 um but i know that we saw it early in the year i think it was like january and it was actually 2019 yeah so it must have been at fright fest 2018 yeah i think Um, it was because it was at the the glasgow one earlier wasn't it yeah yeah um, um and it's just mental to think it came out that year because i think it was like number seven on our list that year which mm. sounds so not you know not high enough for a movie that is genuinely one of my favorites we've covered this year and then I'm like oh yeah that was the year that us and midsummer yeah, and free was, from hell came out came over the year for horror <laughs> it, movies it was an absolutely you know that was that was the year that caused the world to shut down because it was like well 2020 <laughs> can't be as good as 2019 so why bother yeah it was unbelievable um, like those three films as well as it chapter two lords of chaos dr sleep like it yeah. was a phenomenal yeah, year a um, um so yeah the fact that the fact that that movie is only behind pretty much those films that you've just listed you know mm. just shows how how incredible it was and i think you can't really talk about one cut of the dead hollywood uh, in hollywood without talking about one cut of the dead oh no we have to talk about you know, it. what it what it kind of meant and i think you know it was it was such a strange experience. Like obviously our show is out there for people to listen to if they want, but like, um, and, and they should, because it's, it's really, you know, it, we, we were blown away by it. And, it, and I think it would be fun to, to listen back to our raw reactions of that movie mm. and kind of going into this one is kind of seasoned veterans on what to expect of this franchise, because we went into that first movie, just blind, just knowing that there was buzz and knowing that it had this kind of crazy long take that was, 
you know the the kind of gimmick if you like but then mm. actually unpacking the the kind of tale that was warped around this crazy one cut um movie was just incredible i remember just like five minutes in being like this is honestly one of the worst things i've ever seen in my life like <laughs> what is this it makes no sense and it's just so dumb and bad and just because it's one cut it isn't impressive and then suddenly as it started to unpack and escalate and thinking like this is this is incredible and then and then suddenly by the end of the movie thinking that it's yeah just absolutely out of this world and kind of everything that was dumb and silly became a punchline and became a, a plot point in in as things un, unwrap and kind of yeah for anyone that hasn't seen anything in this franchise i guess it's kind of you know one cut of the dead hollywood and one cut of the dead kind of follow the the, the same kind of formula where we get this um one cut take movie as such that's kind of a 20-ish minute segment which is a technical marvel in itself that these are kind of done in one cut in for the movie but they were actually filmed you know as one cut when they were done and just kind of actually the the effects and the things that they get in there and how they go about it is incredible and then kind of once we see the movie we then actually get the backstory in the world and kind of actually see that this was a movie that's being produced and we get to see kind of the preamble and the pre-production and then we actually get to see the filming of the movie and the one cut and all the shenanigans that's going on in the backgrounds that causes all of these weird moments and um you know the the first movie kind of it, it does that perfectly where there's just like i remember when we were watching it and we we're just like why is there a random guy like that just suddenly <laughs> appeared sat there and then and then it gets explained and it's just it's so perfect and and kind of um yeah i watched one cut um not that long ago did can you remember i can't remember it was it was this year i think earlier this year i just had a real hankering for it and put it on yeah and um it was before this got announced and so yeah i watched one cut not that long ago and it was fantastic and um yeah, this movie kind of picks up from... Well, don't, hang on, don't go to Hollywood yet, because I want to okay. talk about one cut. Yeah, so, definitely. yeah, it was interesting because I hadn't rewatched it um, since mm. 2019, um, early 2019. So this was the perfect opportunity for me where, like, I had had that itch as well. Um, and obviously this exacerbated it. But, yeah, I, I went straight in and watched One Cut of the Dead, rewatched it, <laughs> and then watched this, like, straight after. Um, and it was... And, yeah, I won't get into Hollywood yet. But, yeah, One Cut of the Dead is, like, one of the most gratifying and most satisfying movies i've ever seen where mm. it really is this complete journey that it takes you on and Beautiful. it's it, it's just so goddamn unique and i've really not seen anything like it and it really is just this magic of indie filmmaking where it was made on such a ridiculously low budget. I think it was something like $25,000. <laughs> like it's such a minuscule figure that is like by far has to be one of one of, if not the smallest budget of any movie we'd ever talk about. And it's the magic of that cast and crew that just make it come alive. Mm. And everyone nailed it and everyone was working overtime, you know, to somehow make this film a reality. And 
it was such a great reminder of just how yeah. hilarious the movie is all of the great jokes that land i mean you know getting towards that ending with the human pyramid is like oh one of my favorite moments in any film like it's so incredible and it's just that final punch and if you get to that moment and you don't have the biggest smile on your face like i don't know what to say yeah. because like re-watching that, i almost want to just stand up and give it a round of applause i I genuinely love One Cut of the Dead so much. I know it's, we've talked about it a lot on the show, but it's one of those things that it can't be downplayed because obviously in certain horror circles, there'll be people like, oh yeah, of course I've seen it, but this is not even no, this, remotely this is on not the scale of mainstream. Yeah. No, so there will be so many people that have never heard of One Cut of the Dead and my one thing would be just watch it because it, you will, yeah. talking about it will never do justice to the magic of that movie. And I think the thing about it that's so special is obviously the One Cut, kind of take that they did for the movie is mm. incredible and it's technical it's a technical marvel and kind of like i say the effects they got in there and all of the crazy things that they pulled off and the fact that they had if you actually go into the making of which you 100 percent should how you can see that the cameraman actually took a stumble and, and they managed <laughs> to keep the cut going and just all of these things happened in the moment and it just made it even better um for the final product and then kind of that in itself is incredible but then the actual script and the story that kind of explains everything and the fact that they managed to get that level of storytelling into that one cut um segment mm. that they then could then expand upon and explain as the movie unfolds is just it's it's a genius movie it's it's I, I feel like at points it's too clever that most people won't actually get the level of kind of intelligence that's gone into it. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I absolutely love it, you know, and, and um, I think that's a really good point that you just made. Cause it does remind me of almost like uh this is what Christopher Nolan does, but he has $150 million yeah. to make it. Yeah. And like, and this is that same level of genius, but on the most micro scale budget yeah. possible. And I one of my favorite parts about the making of, of, of the original film is like the first day when the director <laughs> Shinichiro is like in front of this whiteboard and he's got that the whiteboard casting is the in front best of him. thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and he's explaining to them what the movie's about. And then the camera, like a, a bit out of the office just cuts to the most vacant looking faces you have ever seen in your life and no one has a fucking clue what he's talking about and yeah. i just love that at some, yeah, as, yeah, at some point they must have been sold it and, it and it got it because clearly he wasn't the only guy that was in on the joke or that knew that it level but it was just that first moment you could tell he had a he had, his most difficult task must have been to just get the idea out of his brain and into everyone else's brains yeah. around him. And in the second he was able to do that, it was all going to be, you know, plain sailing from that point. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, I want, I want, uh, like, uh, I want that whiteboard. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a piece of history. But I think really what's is. worth mentioning as well, obviously, as we go into Hollywood, is like this is a sequel to the movie. Like, mm -hmm. I think it is weirdly sold with like it doesn't really have a Wikipedia page, and obviously they're selling it the Blu-ray as a bundle, which makes perfect sense. But like, because we were on the fence of like, do we even cover this? Mm. But this is a legit sequel, isn't it? Yeah, like, this, is, this is a legit sequel. Like one one cut of the dead is like a, a feature length movie. This is mm. this is kind of a, a short kind of you know it's a 58 minute movie um yeah. but we've covered multiple movies that are that long for the podcast at this point and um yeah. and to me a movie can easily be an hour long like host exactly. and loads of others yeah and, and like especially with the level of content that you get into this and it is a direct sequel so the, the thing that's amazing about it as well is it's a direct sequel in both um aspects yeah so our surviving character from the one cut segment the the movie that was made 
is our lead in the one cut 20 minute segment of one cut of the dead in Hollywood. Mm. Um, and so we rejoin her where she is. She, she has moved I love to, the setup to this so much. Hollywood and she is now a mute and <laughs> is working as a waitress on the Hills of Hollywood where there's, there's a, a greasy spoon right next <laughs> to the Hollywood sign apparently. And, um, She's working there, and of course, there is a zombie outbreak, and uh, shit goes down once again. And yeah, we get kind of, um, you know, another fantastic 20 minute segment. There are some really insanely clever stuff in this. The, the, the kind of, um, dream sequence if you want to call it or the hallucination sequence that she has the way that that was done like in the moment i was already excited to see that because it was just so clever and then kind of you know and 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 throughout this whole kind of 20 minute one cut segment i just kept having these moments where i was like well that was weird i can't wait to see why that was weird (laughs) and like because because at this point i knew like i was in the second one and like when i just saw like certain things i was like oh man this is gonna be good and um and yeah the the segment itself was again just this real zany great technical marvel fun you know segment and then we get um uh, yeah uh, yeah i think i said six months after the the original one cut kind of take and then and then yeah then we are joined post the segment by pretty much the entire cast of the original movie Mm. all of the filmmakers they have been hired again to do another live uh zombie film which is what the the plot of the first movie was they've been hired to do a sequel bigger better and badder therefore it needs to be in hollywood yeah um and and yeah we get to see the kind of again the the pre-production we get to rejoin all of these characters we get new characters obviously put in new actors that have come into play and um yeah, the shenanigans of uh, directors falling asleep in coffins and kind of uh, people accidentally taking sleeping pills as, <laughs> as the live segment's going on. Uh, all all fun moments that transpire in this that, that just kind of, yeah, like I rolled credits on this movie and, and just kind of want to just watch it again, really. Yeah. Because you, you want to watch that segment again. And then you want to watch kind of with, with these movies, it becomes like when you put a camera um, looking into a mirror and you just want to, you just want to keep delving into it deeper and deeper where like, I want to watch the segment again. I want to watch their making of, which is the movie itself. Then I want to watch the actual making of, then I want to watch the segment again. And I want to just go around in that loop. Mm. (laughs) And um, yeah, like, that that is the movie in a nutshell i guess i've kind of gone into my thoughts on it and i guess i'll continue that that yeah this this is um you know like i say for me a really fun journey i think you know um it it certainly isn't kind of as special as the first movie because this is pretty much the same thing again um so obviously it isn't that that absolute lightning in a bottle kind of something we've never seen before, but this is still a really fun sequel. You know, it does exactly what you want it to do. It does the segment again. It gives you a really fun story. And I still had a really good time with it. And I think kind of, um, like I said, you know, it's not going to blow my socks off as much as the original did because the original 
just was so original at the time but this still is just so much fun and so crazy and like the fact that both of these are now available on a blu-ray with all the features that are there for that first movie is just it's just so special and just awesome like i i you know that is an incredible value for money in my opinion and and yeah like i say i, I had a great time Mm. one of the things i i loved going into this was the fact that it was so self-referential of the fact that like like you said the setup to this in world is oh one cut of the dead was a great success mm. and you can kind of peel that back a certain layer and be like oh they are literally referencing the fact that one cut of the dead was a huge success and so i loved that and going into this when it was called one cut of the dead in hollywood i had no idea what the hell to expect i was no. like what the hell does that even mean as a title and within the first two minutes of the take i kind of immediately got it and mm. even though it's then obviously explained way better later on but the second you see the cafe the the hokey hollywood sign outside and the kind of american flags everywhere i was like okay i get it in hollywood may as well be in air quotes and it was yeah. that was the first joke that got me um and kind yeah, of and it's, it's such a joke that then I, immediately I got like, me oh, in they put blonde wigs and hawaiian shirts on everyone great <laughs> great joke guys and then they reference it later oh, that's brilliant oh, it was so good that was my biggest question mark where i was just like it can't be as simple as i think it is and then it was and i loved it because yeah. it was so funny yeah. but yeah. yeah like that is just a concept i thought was brilliant because like mm. it's it is taking the piss out of what happens with these kind of big films, you know, like that's, yeah. we've talked about the fact that like, it is shocking that there hasn't been a quote unquote, like Hollywood proper remake of one cut, one cut of the dead, because mm. it's so original. And that's what Hollywood and a lot of these movies do is they just steal the original ideas of these tiny little indie films. And then they make them, you know, not as good. Look at record as a prime example of that. Yeah. And especially when it comes to foreign cinema as well, like we know that there's that big barrier, Barrier of entry to a lot of people um when it's not english language and so it's easy to just steal those genius ideas yeah, from these films people have seen the americanization of record and martyrs and inside yeah, instead of like those original movies oh, it, it, may, it genuinely pains my soul to think that because it's definitely more people but exactly um, and those three movies are exquisite they are among the best to come out in, in the last 15 years Definitely. And, and yeah, though the remakes are what had more eyeballs on it. Yeah, and along with this movie, and it's and it's one mm. that needs to kind of it needs to be talked about on that level because it is so special. But yeah, going into the sequel, mm -hmm. I didn't know what to expect. You know, as I've talked a lot <laughs> recently with sequels of like it was a perfect movie. They didn't need to make a sequel, but what I loved and and there is some weird comparisons, I guess, with a quiet place. And I talked about with that how they went the more okay, we yeah. need to make it bigger and better in every way. And I feel like with this, this was just this. This to me was a victory lap. This was let's get the cast and crew back together again and let's just have a great time again and make a movie that is for the fans of one cut of the dead and mm -hmm. i like that they didn't try and one-up the original like it's a much shorter movie and like you said before the the original take which was around 37 minutes in the original is about 16 17 minutes in this one mm -hmm. um so it's shorter you know so they didn't try and be like no we're gonna do a one hour long take in this one and then yeah. it's gonna be a two hour long movie like they didn't try and one-up it they tried tried to just make a really fun sequel which actually in universe makes perfect sense and i think the writing was the thing that really stood out to me um and it is interesting because it's the the writer and director of the original movie shinichiro ueda he didn't direct this one which i found to be quite surprising oh, really, really. Yeah. yeah it was the i believe it's the um i think it says on the back it's like the 
the cinematographer or it was someone who was involved in the first movie oh yeah second um, unit director of the yes, first that's one it. yeah and mm. so and but ueda was there involved and he was like because if you watch like the the credits he is like there on set and he obviously mm. wrote it so there is all the same cast and crew but it wasn't just specifically him in that role which mm. was surprising to me because watching the two movies back to back i wouldn't have expected that at all no like they are extremely similar like say the overall setup is pretty much exactly the same of like has the take has the setup has showing the take um it even has like the same generic music that the original movie had um <laughs> the same like behind the scenes footage over the credits like it is it follows the exact same blueprint of the original film and so you know this movie gets no points on re- originality because that's mm. not what they're trying to do here and like because i was very harsh and obviously not very harsh but i'd said you know with the quiet place part two like it was just aping a lot of those original ideas of the original movie and obviously that's what's happening here but i think for me this was as i said before just the victory lap of like here's an indie movie that never should have got like no one should have seen out of their their own personal circles in japan like this was such a tiny project and the fact that this got some level of worldwide success where they were touring and they actually got to go to different countries with this movie is so special and so i'm just so thankful that they got to make another movie and seeing that entire cast together and seeing a lot of the same returning jokes just put me in such a good mood and yeah I, like the alcoholic guy when you oh, see him so good up for all of alcohol like it's just all of them were just you know you forgot how much you loved those characters definitely and they do do obviously a lot of the same gags and a lot of the same jokes which work but there's a lot of different stuff as well like i thought what was really interesting to me i guess getting a bit more critical um because overall i did love this movie it, it, it just it made me smile it was thoroughly entertaining and i'm super happy this exists um but getting into it a bit more critical like i was surprised at how well written this was i think i mentioned earlier because seeing the actual one take i it didn't feel as impressive as the original movie there was a lot of once the initial setup happened and the zombie outbreak there was just a lot of run into different rooms and kind of chaos happening run into a different room chaos happening and then you had a very cool finale but then when actually you see what were you know the the kind of things that they set up to then be explained a lot of them i hadn't even noticed and it was actually more in depth than i gave it original credit for because there was a lot of little things that they'd set up that i hadn't even realized were gags that they were setting up in the second half um because they aren't as overt as like in the first movie you know there's a giant bang on the door and so you're like okay what's that bang on the door and then you get that answer whereas it was more stuff happening in the background and it was a lot more like with camera techniques and that sort of thing so this was like more subtle and than i was expecting and they didn't just make the same movie again the first movie where they um are, are stalling and having that really cringy bit <laughs> with it where she's she teaching them the, yeah. the self-defense and all of that like that was so goddamn bizarre when you mm. first saw it and it was so in your face that it's like they commit to this three or four minutes of like i said when i first watched it i was like what are we watching mate? <laughs> like and then and you know for them to commit to that to make me feel that way to then make you know to say oh no i've got the confidence that i can give you a hundred percent u-turn yeah. whereas yeah this this sequel does just kind of hit the ground running the one take you know that the, the, we get we get um the flashbacky stuff kind of very quickly and then straight away we're into the zombie outbreak so it is kind of bang and then go but yeah, it is for that reason kind of 
you know, some of the stuff is less of a technical marvel, like you say, because it is then just moving from place to place. Yeah, and it's like the location feels smaller as well, I guess, than like yeah. the original One Cut of the Dead. But yeah, it's just I loved it. It, it hit all the beats I wanted to hear. The fact that you have so many of those crowd pleasing, like the fan favorites return, like especially the woman you just mentioned, who's oh, kind of yeah. like the the wife Pom. of the director. Yeah, Pom, like the that whole gag and the whole she had to quit acting because she gets too much into her role and all yeah. like these characters are really well written and there's like oh, a right. dozen of them and yeah. there, there is like a lot of lore and character develop now across the two movies let alone actually we're barely getting into the story about like his daughter who wants to be a film director who's mm. pretty much the lead character in this film yeah, it's, it's and, mental uh, it's mental yeah. the character development that we've had in these two movies yeah and it's like she has this whole story where she's like you know gonna move to america to hollywood and like the fact that that's all that's got like a start middle and end and a satisfying conclusion and just like i don't know they, these they over deliver twice in my opinion and even mm-hmm. though like i say this is obviously the same thing again but they're not trying to reinvent the wheel they're not pretending it's called one cut of the dead in hollywood like they're immediately telling you up front that this is our funny take on what would happen after the success of that movie. And the fact that it stays true to the original, you know, there's no weird retcon in, there's no like, um, this isn't canon. Like all of it makes perfect sense. Every single part of one cut of the dead is perfectly explained in this movie. I, I loved it. This this over delivered so much more than I was expecting. Mm. Like I really didn't know what to expect because I thought it was like a more of a special feature, I guess. But like, yeah, that's the kind of overwhelming thing i want to bang on about here if you are a fan of one cut of the dead this is a fully fledged sequel um and it's awesome like (laughs) yeah yeah i think i think that that would be what i would go into with this that if you haven't seen one cut of the dead why haven't you seen one cut of the dead yeah and once you've seen and loved one cut of the dead then you need to see this because it is a true sequel which is fantastic and and it needs to be marketed more as a true sequel Mm. um because i think that's the big misstep i think kind of it's you know going into the release a little bit it's strange because obviously the release is fantastic because the original one cut of the dead had incredible special features that we talk about a lot but they are so incredible and then and and this release has those on it with the second movie Mm. which is crazy i wish the second movie had more love and kind of features attached to it and and i think that's the thing that I kind of think is difficult because this is incredible value for money getting these two movies on one disc with all of those features for the first movie. But as someone that owns the other disc that now owns both of the Blu-ray releases, I kind of wish that this one was actually just one cut of the dead in, in Hollywood and um, uh, had, had more in Hollywood features on it. Mm. Um, but for someone that's gone into this franchise cold, like this release is just, you, you couldn't want more. Um, and so, yeah, like anyone that's, you know, not seen this movie, this is perfect because you get to just see both. And, and yeah, that is one hell of a journey. Yeah, that is the perfect way to watch this movie now. Of like mm. it, and that's the other thing as well. Like it makes that first movie even better, which is what mm. another thing that I love about when you're building a franchise, when you're making a sequel, like yeah. you, that's what you want to come out the other end. And now is a case of like in the future, I would have to watch them both. Like I would, yeah. I wouldn't even be able to just watch one of them because 
they are so intrinsically linked and the quality is so consistently high that of course that first movie is this one in a million special moment of of the history of indie filmmaking and it is the dream of every single indie filmmaker worldwide that mm-hmm. you could possibly have a movie that was received that well um and it just makes me like i say smile that they got to do this again like they have done some other stuff as well i saw that they had done something during covid last year that seemed like yeah. it was very much a shorter thing i think they put on youtube um so i might have to just look that up because just seeing this cast and crew puts me in a good mood um because they all seem to just be having such a great time they all ooze like charisma and personality i just love mm. these guys and they they just make me happy um and it's a great it's a great thing yeah i think that's what i come from on it that it just makes me happy mm. like that first movie like you say when they get to the conclusion of the human pyramid (laughs) like the music that plays and just like that sense of achievement and happiness that you get watching it Mm. and i think kind of this movie just continues that and it doesn't have that moment of a conclusion but it just has that feel good throughout like i say you've just got these shenanigans with coffins and all these different things that i've kind of kind of mentioned briefly and it's just kind of like seeing all these shenanigans play out it's just a real fun feel good like you say it really is a uh 2.0 greatest hits you know love letter to the first movie that is just this great continuation mm. and um and yeah I'm, I'm so happy it exists and i'm so happy that we took the gamble on picking it up because you know it, it it wasn't clear to us that this was something we should be covering and putting our eyeballs on and we kind of mm even when I got the Blu-ray in my hands, I was like, well, I'll watch it and let you know if this is a thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, and, and, and yeah, like it, it is just fantastic. And so, yeah, um, I guess are we ready to go into recommendations and that sort of thing? Yeah. I was just going to say it is interesting. Cause obviously you mentioned earlier how this was kind of shot in 2019 and mm. obviously with a lot of these foreign language movies, they usually take a while to kind of come, you know, around the world. But what I find interesting is that, yeah, it was shot in 2019. So that was only shortly after the, you know, the hype of it being at Fright Fest and it getting mm. the proper Blu-ray release. And it was shocking to me that I didn't at least hear that they were doing yeah. a sequel at the time, because I was very active of looking up stuff about one cut of the dead around that time but then also obviously this has now come to blu-ray but where was like the festival circuit for this movie like Mm. why wasn't this i I don't want to just target them because obviously they're the ones we go to but why wasn't this at fright fest you know like i don't i don't get why this just randomly came out on blu-ray and and it seems Mm. like it's really gone under the radar who's as someone who spends a lot of time looking at horror websites looking up horror films I had literally only heard about this because the Blu-ray was coming out. And that's usually like the last step. You know, like I'm usually hearing about pre-production on films and I just didn't hear anything about this. It's one of those things where, like you say, like last year with the lockdown version of Fright Fest, like what would these guys have been asking for? Surely there would have been budget there to bring this to it. And, and, you know, like I say, might be talking at my ass, but you just kind of think like, you know, imagine if that had been there as like the flagship movie. You know, because it really would have been like this would have mm. been our movie of the festival. Well, and um, look at look at 2020 as a whole. Look how many weeks did we just have nothing to watch, like yeah. literally nothing. And we were desperately searching for new films to cover for and the there show. Was a, there was a fucking one cut of the dead sequel. Yeah, how, yeah. And I'm, but I'm but again, I, I guess the answer to this question is: Well, you're talking about an extremely small indie film made in Japan, mm. so like mm. it's obviously not going to have that worldwide release that you expect, like a lot of films. But um. Mm. 
the one other thing i want to talk about just about the actual film is there's a lot of like english language speaking in this film um yeah which is unexpected and i, I did want to mention that because we've talked about that before with foreign language stuff and the kind of need to then cater to that international audience sometimes doesn't pay off but again I don't know if I'm just a fanboy at this point, but I feel like all of it worked brilliantly where it was explained perfectly in the film why there was English language. They mm-hmm. talked about wanting to obviously, again, it it's just so brilliantly written because the whole mm-hmm. premise of this movie of in Hollywood answers every question you could possibly have. Yeah. But the fact that it does have an American actor in it who's, you know, speaking English at times as well as uh, Japanese. And then you have gags and jokes around subtitles so they do cover the fact that like there are going to be parts where the audience don't fully understand what characters are saying and they you know do a great job of of obviously botching that like they do everything else in their production so (laughs) again that's another aspect of this movie that they tackle um because of the popularity of it and they just nail it and they make it a successful joke as well um so i wanted to give them credit for that as well at this point um, do you just genuinely think that the the movie they tried to make is just the one cut segment. And then that is actually live real uh, <laughs> making of that we see. It's mad, isn't it? Cause it feels so <laughs> believable where it's yeah. like, this feels like this is a world you guys have lived in, you know, yeah. because it's so perfectly crafted to be a shit show that it, you can't imagine it being anything else other than that. But it's actually but, the yeah. opposite. It's actually the most perfectly crafted, like indie films you could possibly want to see. I think, I think um, that's the thing. Like when, when we spoke about One Cut of the Dead and when we speak about this sequel as well, it it's not fair that it's put in the bracket that it's in because this mm. should be the highest level of art out there. Yeah. It's just beautiful. It's so intelligent and it's so incredible. And, you know, people should have this on in every film school to say this is this is this is the super you know like you say they should put on a nolan movie and they should put on this and be like mm. this this is what the super brains look like you mm. know at the top end of the scale and the bottom end with of the money scale without money <laughs> yeah like it doesn't matter if you're that clever mm. and um yeah like it, it's just it, to me it's a travesty that this movie doesn't you know isn't a household name for sure um but yeah i think as far as the recommendations go the only thing i will say is that i don't think one cut of the dead in hollywood has much merit as a standalone movie like Mm. it is positively a sequel to one cut of the dead that's why i adore it and i love it and it's one of my favorite movies i've seen this year but you don't even think about watching this without watching (laughs) one cut of the dead because it would make even less sense than it already does because they are so self-referential and you're just doing it a massive disservice it's not made to be watched as a standalone movie it and that is why this release makes perfect sense and why it probably isn't being sold as a standalone movie because the idea that for some unknown reason and i hope and pray that no one ever lives does this but like why on earth would you watch one cut of the dead in hollywood without seeing the original um Mm. you know even if you bought the blu-ray for the first time i feel like in hollywood might be first on the menu so i hope that that doesn't screw with people um because you have to watch these in order and if you do and if you're a fan of the original this is an absolute no-brainer as far as my own personal thoughts i loved it i don't have a single Mm -hmm. bad word to say about this movie it's so hilarious it fills me with joy um that they got to do this victory lap and they deserve all the success in the world and i will i will continue to watch these movies as long as they make them yeah definitely yeah i mirror all of that that that, that, yeah you have to watch the two movies and you should um and you definitely should pick up this release because it's beautiful and i think um 
I think, yeah, you, you know, if if you haven't watched the first one, yeah, don't even dream about watching this this first. It would be disgusting and it would make no sense. Um, but yeah, these two movies as a double bill is just pure joy. You know that 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 is what it's all about. You know, it's you know you you can start to get in the conversations about what genre it's in. You know, horror and all of this stuff, but it's just joy. It's just fantastic. You know, it's just filmmaking at its very very best. Um, and like I said, it, it should be shown in every film school as, is this is what genius looks like on film. Um, and so, yeah, watch it. Definitely. And I highly echo the thoughts about this actual release. Cause like, I think it would be fascinating if we did have, and maybe we should introduce it because we talk so much about physical mm. media, but like in terms of physical media releases of the year, this and the psycho Gorman Blu-ray are like, PG as well, man. like yeah, it, would be, the... it would be a, a, a massive battle that was <laughs> well it would but it's, it's great because both yeah. of those are like 10 out of 10 unequivocal purchases like you have to own these two in your collection they are just so yeah. so good um but yeah that was a great time uh discussing one cut of the dead in hollywood uh, we mm-hmm. will take a short break and we will be right back So yeah, just to sort of uh, finish us off this week, um, not only did I watch One Cut of the Dead and its sequel in Hollywood, um, I watched a couple of other movies as well. Um, oh yeah, man. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Well. I know, and I just found time to watch two movies, but they were both in line with what I've been talking about recently. Um, so, so I'll start with a bit of the old Cronenberg, uh, because I, I feel like I needed to kind of do this, what's the word, kind of... Phil, I guess I, I, I wrongly pegged him for a very long time, as I discussed on the show mm-hmm. last week, was it? Where I'd seen Crash and really, really didn't like it to the point that I kind of built up this personal disdain towards him, which really was unjust because I loved The Fly. So mm. for some unknown reason, I just held my hate of Crash so much against him. <laughs> um, but I was always interested in these movies. And so I discussed that I wanted to watch Scanners and Videodrome and I have watched Scanners so far. Nice. Um which is a really fascinating movie kind of it has such that iconic moment of the head exploding Mm -hmm. um which everyone has seen a million times but it's bizarre because it happens in the first 10 minutes of the film which is have, have you seen scanners yeah right it's a really bizarre movie like i really wasn't expecting it to happen so early um Mm. because it's such a cool effect and i feel like i wish it would have been later on actually because it's it happens so early and you're like oh damn that was so cool and then there really isn't another effect like it until the finale right at the end of the movie um into on on an effects level but the the movie itself i thought was really cool i i loved the first like half an hour of of like explaining the science fiction of the world like explaining what scanners are explaining what they can do and all of the powers and all that stuff i think all of that stuff was great once it then became what the actual story was which was just basically one scanner trying to track down another scanner it wasn't as interesting to me and they there's a lot of reveals story-wise right at the end of the movie and i really wish they were like in the middle of the movie because there's like big revelations about characters and where they come from and why they're scanners and what makes you a scanner and all that stuff that's like right at the end of the film that i thought was really cool um so yeah overall i did like the movie um i didn't love it um it was probably a bit too long but again that goes without saying i guess at this point um 
but yeah, I, I liked it though. But I, it was it was a decent start, not like a necessarily super strong start, I guess, to this rewatching or watching for the first time the Cronenberg movies. Um, what what do you think of Scanners? Do you like it? Um, well, yeah, I remember kind of being being similar to where you're at with it, where I liked it but didn't love it. Like, I mm. don't have a lot of memories of it other than the couple of big scenes. Yeah. Um, as you were kind of talking about those plot points at the end and stuff, I was thinking that vaguely sounds familiar to me but like yeah like i said i've seen this movie years ago once mm. and and it was yeah it was just one of those movies that i thought w- was fine you know and was was you know was good and i kind of ticked it off the list and then moved on it wasn't this sensation for me yeah um, yeah i feel similar and it is just weird with that effect because it's so iconic and the fact that mm. it happened so early and then it's you know it's not like american werewolf where everyone talks about the transformation scene but then there's like 50 other scenes that are all equally as impressive yeah. um this is like oh no there's some really cool stuff in the finale which i don't want to downplay because i thought the last 10 minutes was fucking awesome um but it was just once you see someone explode someone's head through mind abilities you think well that's what that's the starting point where are we going to go from there but then it regresses for the next hour where it is more just like people shaking uncontrollably people shooting people and it's like i don't know that was just a weird choice but i guess yeah it worked because it was a cool thing um but yeah i'm looking forward i will be watching videodrome in the coming weeks um but the other movie i watched was again picking up on what i discussed very recently was a little sequel which was a movie that I pretty much thought I would never watch, but the the curiosity got the best of me, and I finally watched Psycho Two. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, this is this is so bizarre. Like, even I discussed it briefly, I think last week. But Psycho is one of my all time favorite movies. I've seen it like fifty times. I watch it every year. I love it so much. And I was always aware that there was three other Psycho movies. I just had zero interest in watching them. Um, <laughs> But obviously seeing this had an arrow release but and also seeing that you know there is the same cast members um you know anthony perkins obviously being the main one but there's also um marion's sister reprises her role in this movie which was an mm. unexpected surprise so i kind of i just had to watch this and I, I finished this earlier today and i really don't know what to make of it it's it starts off on probably the worst place possible which is that it opens with the shower sequence from Psycho, which I almost turned the movie off. I was that pissed off. Um, To me, that's one of those scenes that is so iconic that I hate seeing it out of context. Maybe I'm a weirdo with these sorts of things, but like, it's so important because of the moment in that film. And I don't like watching these iconic moments out of context. And so when you just put that scene for no particular reason at all at the start of the, your movie, you're basically saying to me, well, there's nothing as good as that in this movie. So enjoy this scene. Um, so that annoyed me. And they edited it slightly as well, which really pissed me off because you can't fuck with that scene. It's perfection. So like, they really started on a bad foot. But I think it goes to show you that the movie isn't awful because I then, for the next sort of 30 to 40 minutes, was really getting into it. Um, mm. I loved Anthony Perkins and seeing him reprise that role was pretty surreal for me because, like, I've seen images of him. But again, he's so iconic to me as someone who's seen Psycho so mm. many times. It was weird to see him as, like, an older person playing that character um, in a really cool way. Um, and seeing that kind of house in the motel Such again a time gap between that first and second movie like yeah like in real real world time you know yeah like it's over 20 years and it's mm. and it's bizarre that it obviously it then comes out kind of you know in the 80s and the the rise of the slasher and it coming out around you know when that when what that original movie did is the most popular thing in the world of course they make a sequel to psycho but it's um mm. 
there's some really interesting stuff like i feel like one thing i did like about the movie was that um i felt quite early on i knew where it was going um mm. with the kind of mary and norman relationship yeah. and what was happening there and you're you have that worry like with what we said about spiral where the first 10 minutes you go oh god i hope this isn't the reveal five minutes before the end of the movie and thankfully it wasn't they reveal stuff pretty early on about an hour into yeah. the movie and I was like, that's good, because that means they've got more in the tank. And then the next sort of 30 minutes was very meandering. It was a lot of he said, she said, just, I think you're crazy. And I think this is what happened. Mm. And I think this is what happened. And I got so sick of them all just going in circles of like, who's who's here? Is, is his mother dead? Is he gone crazy? Is it you dressed up as his mother? It just it all got a little bit too farcical. Um, so I liked it for the most part, especially the first half. And then when they really got into the story of like is he really crazy and all this and that it just it didn't really work for me i found the finale to be pretty satisfying with how it kind of all panned out and how like it all conveniently helped norman i really liked that but mm. then the final five minutes of the movie happened and mm -hmm. i had a major problem with these story revelations like obviously we're talking about a movie that was released in the 80s so i don't have to be too cautious about spoilers no, i guess no, i think you can go for it but like I don't know what necessarily this means and whether or not they retcon this in future sequels, which <laughs> I'll talk about in a minute. But like the fact that they suddenly just to me anyway, seem to say that Norman Norma Bates wasn't his mother and that it's basically her sister is his actual birth mother. And, and it's just this random woman who's barely in the movie. And then for no particular reason, Norman kills her. And it's just, they just want to end the way Psycho is. So then it has him carrying the corpse up into the bedroom and then you hear her off screen talking to him. And it was just, it was so cheesy. So th there was moments in this that really pissed me off. But like for the most part, I'd say like 70% of this movie is actually pretty good. Mm. Um, the kills in it are really good. Really, mm. really good. Like I was shocked with how good they are, especially the one where the, where the guy gets stabbed with a knife and then falls like down the stairs and the knife yeah. goes right through him. That was awesome. Um, and Meg Tilly was fantastic in this film as so well. Good, isn't she? Yeah, she was absolutely incredible. Um, I want to see her in more stuff if she's done more genre stuff. Um, but she was awesome. And like her on screen chemistry with Anthony Perkins was fantastic. Mm. So there was like a lot more to like. Like I came into this movie wanting to hate it and I didn't. I hated parts of it and i probably wouldn't watch it again um but it definitely scratched that itch of like i've always had that morbid curiosity of what the fuck does a sequel to psycho look like um mm. so there are two more movies isn't there psycho yeah, three and four are. obviously the third one's interesting because anthony perkins directed it um have, have you seen psycho three or four yeah i've seen them both because but i again i don't really remember them because i watched them years ago but i i was gonna say to you like psycho what, collection yeah what what do you think for me like because i don't know whether because at this point i almost want to know where they go with the story so i'm like do i, I just read to. it or do i actually sit uh, down and watch them <laughs> no i th i think you have to watch them Ugh. But i didn't like, like this one that much though i just have the exactly. curiosity <laughs> exactly um I remember, I think it's Psycho 4 is like a phone-in radio show. Right. So it's like this radio show that's talking about Norman Bates, and then he um, then he kind of uh, calls in and, like, actually, I, I, or is that Psycho 3? One <laughs> of the two. 
it is like a yeah like sent around like this radio show where he's kind of doing an on on live interview and stuff with all these weird flashbacks and it's just um and i'm kind of like did i dream that or was that the movie christ that sounds bizarre yeah i think i might be psyched because I, I think that's the one he directed so yeah, he, he, he the directed the third one. one yeah yes yeah, so i think that might be the next one for you because I, I think it's the one he directed that he did that but because yeah, uh, Mick Garris directed the fourth one, so they, it is like there is there's enough interesting elements there yeah. to be like, shall I watch these movies? But like I say, I didn't, I just didn't really like this movie, even though what, mm-hmm. it was slightly better than I thought. But obviously, like they should have never made more sequels. It, like uh, like I say, Psycho is a perfect movie. What did you make things. about Psycho Two overall? Yeah, well, I I spoke about it recently when I watched it. That yeah, I, I I really enjoyed like the first hour. Um, similar to you that like when when we just kind of got norman back just trying to get back into life and the way people were treating him and the kind of will he won't he go psycho thing again like was fun and then meg tilly was just incredible in it i loved her and and then you feel like the mary stuff was pretty obvious yeah from the get-go yeah yeah it it was but i didn't mind um but uh, but the problem was was then when we like like you like the fact that we got those reveals at kind of like the hour mark i was mm. grateful but then kind of post the reveals none of it was exciting yeah and so like the last half an hour or so just in terms of plot and story just really wasn't great and then yeah the way it ended wasn't great but but yeah the first hour i was like wow they've really like i thought they'd made a good sequel where it was like oh they've you know revisiting norman the fact that they've got this actor back after 20 plus years super fun and just kind of this kind of you know commentary on should he be allowed out of prison and people protesting against him people supporting him and giving him a job and like this backwards and forwards i just really enjoyed all of that stuff Mm. and then when we actually got to the kind of kills and psycho law even though the kills were good just like it, it made the movie less interesting to me yeah um and yeah fell off the rails at the end yeah, I am glad I watched it though. Like I say, it was, so, and I'm glad I waited this long as well because this was a really surreal experience. Like I say, mm-hmm. as someone who has seen Psycho so many times, to be like, right, I'm finally gonna watch Psycho too. It was, it was bizarre. It really was. And even it though it wasn't, wait like another ten years. To I might Psycho do. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the way to do it. Mm. Um, but yeah, have you have you been watching anything? Nah, mate. Let's not be silly. This <laughs> <laughs> is way yeah. too much going on right now. That is true. Um, but yeah, that is pretty much it for this week. Um, the cinema is looming, but I feel like we've got at least one more free week. Um, yeah. So who knows? Well, I guess what we'd what we'd said a few weeks ago, didn't we? Was what the amusement park, and then also yeah. maybe doing a bit of that uh, Wes Craven goodness. Um, yeah. So I, I'm really got the itch to watch Swamp Thing because it's been a while. Um, mm. So maybe we'll do that or it could be something else. Who knows? And then uh, and we'll one thing that is a little bit frustrating. And again, I'm not complaining because I love that there's new movies coming out. But obviously, there's that whole Fear Street trilogy on Netflix. And that comes out all of July when we've got like four films to watch at the cinema. <laughs> I know. So I know, it, it's almost getting to the point that we might have to do multiple shows. <laughs> I know. And I'm just like, or oh, are we just going to get to it? Like, again, the Netflix stuff is is cool because it's not as precedent there. to watch it straight yeah. away yeah like army of the dead so even if we watch all of fair street in august because i would like to do it properly and just do one show on each of the three films because i think as well it's um it was fun doing army of the dead a little bit after the point you know we could yeah. be a little less sensitive with spoilers and stuff definitely and kind of you know if if a movie has been on demand on netflix for like a month then at least we can kind of of course give a warning but go mm. into it a little bit more 
definitely yeah whereas like we say our cinema horrors when we're at our most kind of strict with our yeah. <laughs> spoilers like we barely go into plot of stuff like uh, you know quiet place because we're just so scared to yeah. spoil anything yeah um, it kind of picks up from part one and yeah uh, yeah what do you think <laughs> <laughs> i loved it but i can't tell you why um yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah that was it for this week we talked about a surprise sequel what just and, and again this is with the kind of like this run that we've been on again let's just ignore spoil uh, spiral because that's what i'm going to do for the rest of my life mm-hmm. this has been a great run this really has been, been all right like, haven't we we've been all yeah, right this is the best it's been in like a year so i'm thoroughly enjoying it we've seen so many great movies recently at the cinema on netflix on um demand and on blu-ray so it's just it's been great it's been hitting all of the all of the boxes um you know shudder's been pretty quiet for us for the last month and a half um mm. and we've still seen great movies so that's good um i wonder but... how long until one cut gets on shudder the the hollywood yeah, I know. I was thinking that actually when we were talking about the release earlier. Yeah, we that should they they should get that on there by the end of the year. That'd be a good one. Um, but yeah, for now that was episode two hundred and fifty three. Uh, thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Could I start that?